Praise the Lord that you've chosen Wellman Baptist Church for your place of worship today. I ask the Lord's blessing on you all. Take your Bibles and turn with me to John chapter 5. The Gospel of John chapter 5. This morning we're going to look, be looking at the first 15 verses of this chapter. And the title of our message this morning is Jesus Heals. Jesus Heals. Now we have been studying through the book of John for a little while now. We've made it here to, to chapter 5 following Jesus and, and uh, all the things that He has done and, and shown, proving that He is the Messiah. And this morning, as we look at this passage of Scripture, we're going to see a healing that Jesus uh, accomplished, or the, the miracle of healing on this man. But we're going to be asking ourselves some very tough questions in this also. So as we begin this morning, let's begin reading, and we'll read through verse 15, and we'll talk about this healing together. God's Word says to us, after this, there was a feast of the Jews, and Jesus went up to Jerusalem. Now there is in Jerusalem, by the Sheep Gate, a pool, which is called in Hebrew, Bethesda, having five porches. In these lay a great multitude of sick people, blind, lame, paralyzed, waiting for the moving of the water. For an angel went down at a certain time into the pool and stirred up the water. Then, whoever stepped in first, after the stirring of the water, was made well of whatever disease he had. Now a certain man was there who had an infirmity 38 years. When Jesus saw him lying there and knew that he already had been in that condition a long time, he said to him, do you want to be made well? The sick man answered him, Sir, I have no man to put me into the pool when the water is stirred, but while I am coming, another steps down before me. The sick man answered him, I'm sorry, Jesus said to him, Arise, take up your bed, and walk. And immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered to them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. Then they asked him, Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was. For Jesus had withdrawn, a multitude being in that place. Afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The man departed and told the Jews that it was Jesus who had made him well. This morning we're going to look at three things that Jesus spoke to this man in the healing process. So let's go to the Lord in prayer at this time together. Our God, our King, as we come to You and praise You as the God of all, complete authority, complete power rests in You. You are the source. 
So Lord, this morning as we bow before you, we seek your will for ourselves. We ask that we be pleasing in your sight. Father, as we study your word, as we open it up, I pray that you will speak to our hearts. Have the Spirit to explain to us and enlighten us what you desire of us in this passage of Scripture. Father, we stand in awe of your presence and your glory, your honor. And we want to worship you today. Asking for your blessing now, we do that in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. So Jesus was speaking to this man and he, he went there and he said three things to him and I want us to look at that real closely this morning. First of all, this man had been there for 38 years. We don't know exactly how long he had been here at the pool, but he had been in this condition that he was in for 38 years. So, and, and apparently, the way the Scripture says, whenever they were all gathered there, occasionally the waters would be stirred up by an angel, and then it had healing properties of some sort. So whoever went into the water first was healed. So that's why they were gathered there. They would gather up by the pool and they would wait for it to be uh, stirred up and then they would jump in or run in, whatever, however they got in there so that they could be healed. That was the hope that they had. That was the place that they saw uh, or that they thought would be able to make them well and whole. So Jesus was there. And he's, in verse 6 it says, Jesus saw him lying there. And when he had already... Uh, and knew that he had already been in that condition a long time. So he asked him a very important question. Now here's the question. And you may think, well, this is it's not a, a, a good question at all. Maybe it just doesn't make sense. This man is lying there in that condition, and Jesus asked him the question, Do you want to be made well? Do you want to be made well? Well, it, for us, it looks like it'd be a no-brainer. It looks like, well, yeah, I mean, anybody laying there hurting in that sort of way, he's laying beside the pool and he's hoping that he'd be able to go in and be healed. But Jesus looks right at him and says, do you want to be made well? Think about that for just a moment. He didn't say, do you want to be healed? He didn't say, do you want to walk again? Do you, he didn't ask anything else. He says, do you want to be made well? In that, that those words are all-encompassing. It, it wasn't specific. It was a general question about his complete self. You see, it wasn't just about him not being able to walk. It was about all of his life. Everything about him. The question was, do you want to be made well? Physically, mentally, spiritually, all of it. Man didn't comprehend it. But the Jesus, Jesus asked this question, Do you want to be made well? Standing among a, a horde of sick people, Jesus asked. So let me ask you something this morning, coming from the Lord Jesus Christ. Have you been made well? Or are you seeking to be made well? You know, we, we come to church and we think about it, well, that's a, that's a no-brainer. Yeah, we come to church, we want to worship. And all, but, but seriously, let's get down to brass tacks here. Let me ask you a hard question. 
Do you want what Jesus has to offer? He's not happy with half of you, some of you, most of you. He wants all of you. But here's the thing. If you ask for Jesus to make you well, then He will completely. But He wants to know, is it you? Do you want what He has to offer? You're here for a reason. Maybe your wife made you come. Maybe your husband may become. Maybe you come to, to bring your kids and for them to get a, a, a blessing or whatever. Maybe it's just because you've always done it this way and you want to continue to do it this way. But a very important question for you this morning is this. Do you want to be made well? Not just for today. Not just for this week. Not just for this month or this year. Do you want to be made well completely for all time? Because that's the question. Jesus was looking at this man's condition, and this man's con condition, he had this in his mind. Think about that for just a moment. He was laying there and he wasn't able to move. He wasn't able to do anything. He, he begged for a living. So that's most likely what he was thinking about when Jesus came over to him. Jesus asked him about it, and, he, and this, is what, this is what he said. Mm. You know, my condition, my situation is, is hopeless. That's what he thought. He said, my condition is hopeless. This situation is that I'm not going to get any better because there are others who are more able to get into the water before me. So, I don't have any hope. Let me tell you, this morning, there's a lot of people sitting right here who question whether or not they have real hope for the future, real hope for tomorrow, real hope in the situation that you're facing. It may seem like there's no way out. There's no way it's going to get better. So, asking you this morning, what is it that you want? What are you trying to achieve with your life? What's your purpose? Why are you here? Not just here in this place. Why are you on earth? Why is your life with you? What's your life purpose? Jesus looked at this man. And he asked him that question. Do you want to be made well? And the guy revealed to Jesus that he thought there was no help and there was no hope. You see, because he wasn't placing his hope in the right place. His, his hope was, well, I'll be able to get into the pool and be made well one day. When there's nobody else here, when I'm here by myself and I'm able to lay right there beside the pool and nobody can beat me to it, maybe if everybody else is healed and everybody goes their own way, maybe I'll be able to get in when the water is stirred. So, at the very least, he felt like his hope was deferred, maybe one day, but not today. Let me ask you something. If Jesus wants to heal you today, are you ready for it? Do you want it? Would you ask him for it? 
If he provided it, would you take it? Listen, Jesus wants to know this very important, the answer to this important question. Do you want to be made well? You know, a lot of people are are satisfied right where they are. Because they think, well, it's just not going to get any better. My, this is my training, this is my life, this is the way it's always been, this is this, is this and that is that, and you know what, it's just not going to get any better. I'm just ex- I've accepted where I am, and that's just where I'm going to be. Don't misplace your hope in this world. Don't misplace your hope in things that you see, or things that have always been, or, or the way that you perceive your situation. Don't, don't misplace your hope there. Because there is one who asks. There is one who has the power. There is one who wants to see your betterment, your benefit. There is one who wants to bless you. So Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? And the man says, well, I I don't have anybody to help me. So my situation is hopeless. And then Jesus said to him in verse 8, Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Rise, take up your bed, and walk. Jesus spoke these words to that man. That man had just said, I don't have any hope. There's no help for me. And Jesus was sitting right there. The man didn't see hope in Jesus. He looked at his circumstances. He looked at his condition. And he says, nope. I don't have any help. I don't have any hope. And Jesus was waiting to get him to that point to where he could heal him. And he told him, get up. Rise up. Take up your bed. Take up your little blanket, your little mat that you're sitting on that makes you comfortable there. Get up from your little bit of comfort and your ailment and your illness. Get up and walk. Get up and go home. That was not what he expected. He might have expected Jesus to hang around for a little bit and try to get him into the water because that's where he placed his hope. But it was misplaced. He might have expected Jesus to give him a little bit of money so that he could uh, make it for another day or two, which was kind of what they did with the poor and and the lame in in those days. So at best, he would just kick the can down the road for another day or so. He would have a little more comfortable existence by having a full belly or something like that for another day or two. He did not expect Jesus to heal him completely. Holy. Jesus asked him, do you want to be made well? And he says, I don't have any hope to do that. But then Jesus, in in essence, he was saying, I am your hope. Get up and walk. I can heal you, I can help you, I can take you out of your condition, I can remedy your situation, I can change you completely. And he says, rise, get up and walk. Now, here's the funny part, it was a command from Jesus. He didn't say, okay, well, if you want to, you can ease up off your bed, crawl a little bit, and then get used to the, get a little strength back, and then, then start walking. He says, no, he said, no, completely, wholly, right now. It, it, miraculously, get up and walk. 
And Jesus didn't ask him to do it. He told him to do it. So on the man's part, it was either obedience or disobedience. There was no in-between, no gray line between the black and white. You see, it was either him following Jesus or him not following Jesus. Jesus says, get up and walk. It was a command. He told him to take action. Now let me ask you a question. Just playing the, the Holy Spirit's advocate here right here for just a second. All right? This man's laying on a mat. He's, he's incapacitated. He can't get up and do what he wants to do. He's lame in his legs. And so he's lying, lying there, and he knows he has no help and no hope, or that's what his expectation is. And Jesus tells him to get up and walk, and he gets up. Uh, he's ready to, to be healed. He wants Jesus to make him whole. So Jesus makes him whole completely, but he doesn't get up. He lies there on his mat. He says, okay, well now I can walk. I'm good. I'll just stay here and I'll keep making a living off the little bit of stuff people give. Now is that right? Is that why Jesus healed him so he can continue in his condition? No. Not at all. Jesus healed him so he can get up, proclaim the praises of Almighty God, and live his life for the Lord. Now let me ask you, Christian... Brothers and sisters in Christ, have you been made whole in Christ Jesus? And are you still sitting on the mat? Or are you getting up and following the Lord? Are you being obedient to Him? You know Jesus says, every day, daily, deny yourself. Take up your cross and follow Me. He did not heal us so that we can lay on our mat and beg from somebody else. Or let somebody else do what God has called us to do. Jesus told the man, get up and walk. Take your mat with you, take your bed with you, because you don't need it anymore in this place, and go home. You see, Jesus healed him completely, but He did it through a command. He told him, you take action. I'm healing you. You take action. Get up and do something. Now, here's another question for you to think about. If he had not gotten up and rolled up his mat and went home, would he have been healed? Now, I believe personally, yes, he would have. That's what I believe. I believe that Jesus made him well and told him to get up. He got up because he wanted to be obedient to the Lord who had just healed him. No longer having no use of his legs, he had use of his legs. So he wanted to use what the Lord had gave him in order to proclaim the praises of Almighty God and be obedient. So Jesus commanded him, he followed him, he rose up, he took his mat, and he went home, or was going home. Now, Jesus commanded, he obeyed. But something happened in between here. Immediately the man was made well, took up his bed, and walked. And that day was the Sabbath. The Jews therefore said to him, who was cured, It is the Sabbath. It is not lawful for you to carry your bed. He answered them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. So here's, here's the situation. He was there in this place, and, and the Jesus healed him. 
Jesus stepped back not to receive the glory or honor or anything at that point. He got up, and I'm sure he was making a commotion because he had just been healed. So here he was. He was walking through Jerusalem carrying his bedroll. Now, all the, the saints of God were walking around just to make sure everybody was obeying the Sabbath. They had their hair set. They had their tassels flowing. They had all their phylacteries and their robes and all these things. And they were holier than thou because they pointed out to this man, Hey, you're breaking the Sabbath. You're not supposed to be carrying your bedroll. By the way, that's not in the Scriptures. You see, what they had done, they had made their own laws and tacked it on to the commandments of Almighty God. God says on the, on the, the, the Sabbath day, no work. Worship the Lord. Spend time with God. And what they had done is they had made more rules to go along with that. They were defining the idea of work. So if you, could carry your, if you carried your bedroll, then you were working. So they, they made sure, they were there to make sure that everybody was obeying the law because they were the authority, they thought. But Jesus' command was for a man to get up and walk, take his bedroll and go home. And he says, the one who, who made me well, the one who healed my legs, the one who gave me hope, the one who commanded me, told me to do this, and I'm doing it in obedience to him. And they said, you've got no right to do that on the Sabbath. But Jesus had given him the right to do it, given him the hope to do it, given him the health to do it. So, Pharisees and Sadducees, the ones who were ruling at that time, let me, let me say this, don't put your hope in what the world tells you to do, or tells you is right, or wrong. You go back to the Word of God and you listen to what God says, because God is right, they are wrong. They will lead you down, they will tell you that it's not appropriate, it's, it's not wise, or it's not very smart to follow the Word of God because that's an archaic book. It was written a long time ago for people a long time ago. It has nothing to do with today. They are wrong. They are completely wrong. And if you listen to them, they will tell you that no, you've got to believe in evolution. You've got to believe that there's no God. You've got to not do this, not do that because... Because that thinking, thinking that there's an almighty being somewhere, that's just hogwash. We believe that little green men came and planted a seed here on the earth, and we all came from that. Now, which is more likely, in, in my opinion? What, what makes sense to you? Aliens started life on the, on the earth, or God started? Let me, that's a whole other message. All right, so they were, they were coming and they were saying, you have no right to do what you're doing. And the man says, somebody told me to do it, and I'm being obedient to him. He has the power to, cleanse, uh, to, to heal my legs. He gave me strength back, and I'm going to obey him because he has power and authority. And they was like, no, that's our power and authority. And he says, no, somebody, somebody told me to do this. So he went about his way. He said to them, He who made me well said to me, Take up your bed and walk. They asked him, Who is it? Who is the man who said to you, Take up your bed and walk? But the one who was healed did not know who it was, for Jesus had withdrawn, because there was a great multitude 
in that place. So later on, afterward, Jesus found him in the temple and said to him, Jesus went back to him to introduce himself one more time. Jesus said to him, See, you have been made well. Sin no more, lest a worse thing come upon you. The third thing that Jesus said to him was sin no more. Sin no more. You see, Jesus first of all asked him, do you want to be made well? Do you want your greatest need met? And if you do, what are you willing to do about it? Are you willing to get up, take your bed and walk? And then when he did that, when he was obedient, Jesus told him, okay, go and sin no more. He said, literally, don't sin anymore unless something worse falls upon you. Unless things get worse for you. Or th things will happen that are greater than what is, you've already suffered. Now you look at me and say, Brother Jeff, there's no way for us not to sin. You're right. You're right. I would ask you to hold your hands up who has sinned today. But it would be all of us. There's, there's no point in raising our, our hands because we know we've all done it. You know, the Holy Spirit convicts us whenever, and whenever I said that, you were probably thinking of something, well, you know, I kind of thought so about so-and-so, or, or thought about, or did this, or, or said that, and all these things. We sin against God every day. So how is it that Jesus would look at this man and say, sin no more? You see, what he was talking about was get out of the attitude, get out of the mindset that the world is the boss and doing whatever you want to is okay. You seek out God and you find out what He wants you to do and you do that. Turning your back on the things of the world, the sins that you have committed, turn your back on all those things that you know hurt you spiritually. You turn away from them and you turn to the one who just healed you and gave you the ability to turn your back on those things and you follow Him completely. All the way. Every day. He told Him to sin no more. So here's... Here's what we study on Wednesday night with the kids. We go through the Ten Commandments and we teach them the Ten Commandments and what they mean, what, they're, what it talks about whenever it tells us to love God, put God first. That's how we describe the first commandment. Put God first. And then Jesus said the second commandment is this, love your neighbor as yourself. So how do we go forward and sin no more? We put God first and we love our neighbor as ourselves. And you know, if we get those two things, if we do those two things the best that we can do, we're going to be okay with all the rest of the commandments and all of God's Word. So Jesus wasn't expecting him to be sinless. He expected him to try not to sin anymore. Putting himself in a position to follow Jesus. As Jesus had said, deny yourself daily. Take up your cross and follow me. Those are the things that the Lord Jesus expects from us. You know, we're going to fail. We're not going to do everything right. We're not going to follow God completely, but Jesus expects us to try. But you know what? There's so many people who have given up trying. They just said, you know what? I'm, I'm turning my back on that. I'm going the other way. I'm going to do whatever it is that I feel like doing. 
and you know what? I, I don't have any hope. I don't have any help. There's nobody's going to help me to live a holy life. So I just give up. And then Jesus looks at you and says, do you want to be made well? And if you do, are you willing to take action in following the commandments? And when Jesus makes you well, and when Jesus prepares you for the next part of your life, He's going to expect you to follow Him and not sin anymore. And that means, that means He knows you're going to fail, but He wants you to be trying to live a holy life because God said, be ye holy because I'm holy. God expects holiness from us. Though we can't be holy, He sees us as holy when we accept Jesus as our Lord and Savior who pays the price for us to be, to take His place. Jesus took our place. He took our death and sin upon Himself so that we could have His holiness and righteousness, the right standing before Almighty God. So when God has done that, when Jesus has done that, you see, what we want to do is we want to draw as close to Him as we can and not sin anymore. And when we do sin, you know what? The Holy Spirit's going to jump up in our heart and, and do a little dance and stomp on it a little bit and say, hey, wait a minute, you knew that you weren't supposed to do that. Now apologize. And when we do, God cleanses us all over again. You know what? I felt that this morning when I asked him to forgive me again. Again. After the many times that I've asked him to forgive me, I've asked him to forgive me again. And he did. He washed me clean once again. Now, I know I've sinned since then, and I'm asking him again to cleanse me. But here, our desire needs to be for him, following him, staying close to him. Jesus stands ready to heal today. But you know what? We've got to want it. I want to tell you, today, hope is here. You don't have to live in, your, in the squalor of the world anymore. You don't have to live with hell as your eternal home anymore. Because Christ has made you well. If you are willing, He wants you. He wants to love you the way that you need to be loved. He wants to offer you that hope, that help, because He knows that you're struggling. He knows that you can't make it on your own. He knows that the world wants to hold you down and tell you that He can't do anything for you. But He will. He can. He has the power, the authority to make the difference in your life that you need for all eternity if you will follow Him in obedience. He says, sin no more. In Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 and 6, some of the probably most beautiful words in the Scripture, I know there's all kinds of beautiful words, but listen to this, trust in the Lord with all your heart and lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge Him, and He will direct your path. You see, He wants to show you the best way for you to live, the best existence for you here and now, and the best existence forever, paradise. And then in Micah chapter 6, verse 8, the 
prophet says there, words of God, He has shown you, O man, what is good and what does the Lord require for you to do. To do justly, to love mercy, and to walk humbly with your God. See, today, you know this. You've heard it many times. But I want to tell you again. Jesus heals. He heals physically. But most of all, He meets our greatest need ever. The forgiveness of our sins and our rebellion against God. And He cleanses us from that and gives us eternal life in Jesus' name. Now, this morning He's looking at you. Imagine Him staring into your eyes and saying, Do you want to be made well? Because that's the question that's before you. Because He's here and He wants to know, Do you want to be made well? And are you willing to do whatever it takes to be made well? Because whatever it takes is you accepting Him as Lord and Savior and following Him for the rest of your life. That's it. That's it. Jesus said that His burden is easy and, and he, His yoke is light. I think I got that backwards, but you know what I'm saying. He wants you to be on His side because His side is the victorious, overcoming side. So he's looking at you this morning and saying this, do you want to be made well? You have the choice. You can accept forgiveness and everlasting life, or you can walk out of here today, friends with the world and enemies of God. It's your choice. He wants to heal you, but he's not going to do it unless you want him to. Would you come to Him today? Let's pray together, please. Our God and King, again, we bow before You because You are our Lord, Creator. You are the one that nourishes us and gives us breath. You own us right now, Father. You give us the breath that we are breathing right now. Every time our heart beats, it's because You allow it. You give it to us. So, Father, as we are Yours, I pray, Father, that everyone here will profess that Jesus Christ is Lord, Savior, and that they will give their life to Him, accepting His forgiveness of sins and eternal life, accepting His righteousness, accepting His death as the atonement for their sins. Father, this morning, as we conclude this service, we're asking for You to draw them to Yourself for salvation and for those Christians who have received salvation and just lied there on the mat without activity or without taking action in their salvation would you have them to stand up to rise up and work and walk and serve as you would have them to do father have your will and way with us this morning whatever you desire I pray that it be accomplished in this time in Jesus name amen Please stand for this hymn of invitation.